Okay. Video ready? stream is up. Ready to go? Yeah, video stream is up. It's hilarious. sitting here fucking flipping them. I'm thinking, she might be. All right, can you guys not look at porn while I fucking do this show? This is the girls. For five right. fucking minutes. Okay, let's roll. Okay, for go five for minutes, ball. starting ready to go? now. Go. <laughs> What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, October 27th, 2017. And you guys are listening to episode 329. And a fucking doozy I have for you people today. Um, I am sitting here in the beautiful, incredible, amenities-filled, all-things-comedy uh, studios here off of, what is this, Washington Street? Or well, you guys don't give a fuck. It's, it's a nice day here. Um, they have green room here. They have some Tito's. They have some beer. We have some snacks. But more importantly, I have three guests, guys. You, you guys know I've been doing this show this December eight years. And out of the eight years, out of the 329 episodes, I might have had, what, maybe 40 guests. Well, today... The Verzi Effect is loaded. I have uh, three amazing guests with me. So funny. From all walks of life, um, I have the very funny Court McCown. Hey, buddy. Hailing from Oklahoma, by way, uh, California by way of Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, I have Ryan Sickler, hilarious comic. And I have the always entertaining and wild Billy O'Connor, originally from the Bronx. Bronx, New York. Yeah. Born Bron- in Ireland, but grew up in the Bronx. Good. <laughs> yes, you had to clarify. Yeah, but you know, born in Long Island. Let's, born in uh, Ireland. That's uh, like I came over boat. on the boat. I was yeah. on the boat. Yeah. Yes, come over in 1950 yeah. by boat. Uh, we're, here at the, we're here at the. We're here at the. All things comedy. The inaugural All Things Comedy Festival. And I got to tell you, I got in here. It was a thrash. I got in here yesterday. Uh, I got to fucking fly out tomorrow. But what a fun time. Um, for a comedy festival's first one, and I'm not just saying this, I was talking about it on social media, for a comedy festival's first night, first festival ever, usually comedy festivals at the beginning are a shit show. Let's be honest. You get there, they're like, yeah, we're trying to do this thing. It's one block. It's in Utah. It sucks. Nobody fucking cares. And it's all unorganized. You're at a shitty thing. You show up. This has been, I actually said this, and I know it's a big statement, but from the first night, it's been like the closest thing that I've had to a JFL experience as far as getting shuttled here, going there. Everything has been done right. The Tempe, Arizona Improv last oh. night. Ryan was there. Oh. They shuttled us over it's there. Court came after. Uh, yeah, Billy, you were hanging out. How great all was that for, show? All three of you guys had great sets, by the way. Let me tell you that right off the bat. And I really enjoyed myself. And you can usually hear me when I'm enjoying myself. I sound like yeah. paradoxical or something. I got a, I yeah. got a fucking weird laugh, and I ain't, I ain't, I ain't going to control hear, it. Ah, <laughs> you just like That's the way it is. You know? <laughs> yeah. If I got to worry about my laugh or I got to worry about the way I come, I'm just going to swallow the blue flame. You know what I mean? I might just call it a day. Fuck that. Oh, God. We had such this a is going to be a good podcast. Oh, dude, I'm this telling you. good. I like this I'm guy. I'm telling you. Fucking <laughs> like this guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, got, you heard fucking nothing yet. Oh. You heard this guy was a fucking bookie. Vietnam started stand-up at 62. You don't even fucking know. Okay. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've had a good run, man. I'm fucking FDNY. I was the first responder at 9-11. I've had a fucking wild run. I got, I got fucking horses in my head going in all directions. <laughs> Is right, this going to be the guy that shoots everybody at the All Things <laughs> Comedy inaugural festival? I'm getting you know, all of a sudden, I'm behind. All of a sudden, yeah, he, just, he tweaks out, and all of a sudden, you're just... Listen, <laughs> I wasn't like fucking uh, like a Vietnam fucking hero or nothing like that. I had it fucking made over there. I was getting more ass than Frank Sinatra. I was fucking drugs all over the place. I was a computer operator. <laughs> <laughs> fucking made. Did he even, have, so... did he even have computers in the 60s? <laughs> yeah, He's like, just... it's not really a computer, but I'm here. Um, I'm sorry to see the war end. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, 
the the <laughs> opening night was unbelievable. And and then we went to then I did Ari's uh, podcast, which was great. And it's just been such a good time. And, and I'm glad that a, you guys. And you ate a pizza box of fucking nachos. And then I ate a pizza box of chicken nachos, which was which was a late night mistake that I wish you didn't remind me of. Um, but this is going to be a great show, guys. Um, first, before I get started, I just wanted to shout out the uh, the sponsors. The Versi Effect Podcast is sponsored by Chassis. Chassis for men. That's right, guys. It is. Some of you people know. That's why they're laughing. People say it's the only podcast whose sponsor. I love to hear the sponsor. Chassis is a powder for your testicles. It is called Man Care for Down There, and it is one of the greatest products on the market. Fred McGriff is also a part of this fucking bill. Yeah, Kenny Maine. Um, Chassis for men. It's a fine powder that just the dryness, the no chafing. My balls have been pristine. There's no talc, there's no power bands, there's no menthol. It's an all-natural powder, and my nuts have never been more pristine. I'm not even kidding you. I have doctors, pediatricians going, hey, man, I heard your podcast. Thanks so much for that chassis plug. This is my, I've never felt better down there. It's incredible. You, you, don't, get, like, you don't like a little menthol burn right after a no. good shave, you know? Because that feels fantastic, no. man. I got to get you get that you get that no you oh, got to try menthol, it. The, no, the menthol I, burn no. is fantastic. I legit use powder and I won't say another competitor's name I'm, well, during I'm, your plug but well, I'm telling you this I'm right now. I'm going to switch up my powder. I'm going to tell you right now. You get this bottle I'm going to give you a bottle of this chassis and that's it. I've been powdering right. my balls what for years. What are you selling about a gram? For years. <laughs> <laughs> the best. The fucking powder. Dude, that is like when I when I caddied on PGA Tour that we lived for that that shit. No, dude, it is the greatest thing ever. It is it is insane. It's a great product. You get it at a chassis for men that's C H A S S I S chassisformen.com also on Amazon. Uh, also, City Living Dog, guys, go to citylivingdog.com and Coach Mike. He's one of the best dog trainers in the Northeast, and he helped my dog. He's amazing. People from the Verzi Effect have been going to him, getting help. You could see all of his YouTube clips. You could see his uh, Facebook Live, all of his uh, Instagram and all that. And, of course, all things comedy, guys. That's why we're here. Uh, Al Madrigal put this thing together uh, with uh, Bill Burr and all of these amazing podcasts, and that's why I got uh, people like, dude, when you meet Ryan Sickler, you, you, you and that guy are going to like each other instantly, and we did. Instantly. And it was, I mean, it was. It's like I've known the guy, drinking the guy for fucking 20 years, and I met him less than 24 hours ago doing shows. Court, I've met you years ago, and we did a podcast. We did your podcast in L.A. Um, this guy's a fucking scratch golfer. Uh, he was in wow. t- fucking Teen Wolf, Can't Buy Me Love. What was the other one? That was it. <laughs> he was in Teen Wolf too. Yeah. No, I was in Teen Wolf also. That was a shit movie. That was a shit movie. I don't do sequels. That was I would cool. actually I would do a sequel if they had a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> and then and didn't they bring Team Wolf back as a TV show? Yeah, with Orny, right with now, Orny right? Adams. Come on, was it? Did yeah. they? I didn't know that. Yeah, didn't that's know just that. angry, you know. <laughs> Just an angry guy yelling at all his students. I was, li- I really liked- watch my stand up. Sounded like that really. Watch my stand up. I got a special coming out. <laughs> <laughs> taping a special next week. You better fucking be there. You all get F's. Um, no, but I liked when you told me yesterday that Michael J. Fox was a sweetheart. I like sweetheart. Hearing, I like hearing that shit. Yeah, me too. You know, I like hearing that, and he looks like a guy that if you found out he wasn't, it'd be devastating. Like if somebody's like, ah, oh, Michael J. Fox is a cocksucker, you know, you'd be like, oh, really? You know, yeah, no, yeah. sweetheart of a guy. Nice, nice. Um, How's he doing with the, uh, with the twitches and all that shit? Is he doing all right with that? He's got it. I mean, is he? Is it <laughs> coming like down? Twenty. Or what? How's he doing? <laughs> 
I mean, you've seen him recently, right? Is he? No, of no, course I, you didn't see him. Team Wolf was fucking 1983. Oh, no, I yeah. thought maybe you have seen him recently. I don't know. No. What the fuck? Maybe you stayed in touch. I haven't seen up. him in 20-something years. Use some of that fucking powder. This way to come back yeah, and say yeah. hello. You know? I love how he goes. <laughs> how's he, I love how he goes. How, how, how's he doing with that twitching? Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. how's he doing with that uh, shaking and shit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably not fucking good, Billy. I'm not a Probably. doctor. I'm not a doctor. What do I know? He cat. He caddies for court, but his fucking clubs are all over the goddamn course. Yeah, I don't let him read putts. That's oh, for sure. No, 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 it's gonna go that oh, way. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus! Well, you guys are fucking brutal. It's gonna be fun. We are. Well, it's gonna be we fucking fun. We didn't bring up the guy's twitching. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's Billy small talk when he meets somebody. Yeah, Mike, I heard great things. Listen, how you doing with that? Is everything? <laughs> um, yeah, do your kids notice when you make breakfast? <laughs> I'm glad he's doing. I'm glad he's doing good though. He's doing all right. He seems like he's doing. All right. He got another. He got another job, so he can't be that. Yeah. You know, he can't be that fucked up. I mean, that um, guy did what? Family ties for like 15. He guy's got a shit ton of money. He's Back great. to the Future, all those movies. Yeah. He's, he's okay. Yeah, but the money is one thing. But if you got that shit, I mean, would you ever have money or be able? You know, your plumbing works. Your fucking vertical, nothing hurts. You Listen, know? if I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fuck the money. Yeah. Um, so Billy, let's start with you. Let's start with you. Yeah. Yeah, let's get on the okay. Twitter. You are you started stand up. You went to Florida State as a freshman at fifty three years old. Don't say Florida State. University of Florida. Oh, University of Florida. Okay. My girlfriend was an academic. You know what I mean? She was like she was getting a, a doctorate degree on the arm. You know, they they gave her a free doctorate degree. And I was jogging by the university. I said, you know what? I always wanted to go to college. Vietnam got in the way. <laughs> the fuck? I'll go to school. I started writing, and people started reading. And I said, you know what? One of these days, I'm gonna want to pitch a book. So I said, you know, I see these fucking kids doing stand-up. They're all like 18, 19 years old, 20-year-old kids, and they're all talking about jerking off. You know, that's all they, because that's all they talk about, because they didn't do anything yet. That's all you do when you're 18 (laughs) or 20 years old, Exactly, it's the same fucking thing with writing. You know, you could be the greatest writer in the world. You get out of school at 22, you haven't done anything. The fuck are you going to write about? Hemingway say, God help the writer who would never want to go to. Well, I've had a wild run, man. I mean, I grew up in the streets of the Bronx. I was a fucking Vietnam after Vietnam. I was a bookie for a while. Then I was a bartender. I owned a couple of bars. I was doing drugs, booze. I fucked more women than Frank Sinatra. I was having a great fucking time, right? And then I, then I got to the FDNY. I was at 9-11. So I've had a good run. I, you know, and then they say, bad decisions make good stories. Well, I've made a million bad decisions in my life. I'm the only fucking guy I know with my position broke. But I'm having a fucking ball. I don't give a fuck. My plumbing works. I'm fucking, I'm loving life. Vertical. Yeah, breathing. Yeah, exactly. And you get on stage for the first time doing stand up at 62 years old and seeing everybody probably what 20s, 30s, right at the most. Yeah. And you just you just walk in like fuck it, I'm gonna try this, or or is it something you always wanted to do? Yeah. No, I I I said you know what, I always wanted to give it a shot. So if it was three minutes, give me three minutes, you know. And of course I was fucking terrified, but but then I want to get up there. It was interesting because I I was a gambler, I was a bookie, right? In the first three minutes, I was like, wow, this is the same rush you get when you bet fucking 5000 on a game with no money. <laughs> this is, right, right. This is cool. <laughs> this is juice. Yeah. I like juice. What it's o- like action. What, what, it's action, it's exactly. Action. Yeah. What odds did you give yourself that you'd eat a big bowl of shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, I was, uh, four to one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, four to one, pretty How'd much. How'd you do? I, mean, I don't know, right? Yeah. But it was fun because, uh, you know, they, I, it was just fucking fun. And it's immediate gratification. With writing, you don't get that. Right. But also, with stand-up and you get big audiences, you could throw out ideas. And, I mean, you try eight, nine jokes and two really hit. Well, you say, that goes in the book. That's in the book. That's in the book. Right. So you can, you know, it's, it works both ways. It's, you know, your writing is, comedy's writing as much as it is 
performance, right? It's like instant, yeah. I'm a writer. So, so I've been told, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good writing is about hey, eliminating meta discourse, getting rid of words, <laughs> getting rid of fucking useless words. And good comedy is about getting to the fucking punchline as fast as you can, right? I mean, with the setup is, you know, or storytelling, you know? I saw you guys last night. You're all fucking great. I left my balls off. Uh, Give me some of that powder. powder. My balls, are, saying, there you go. Gonna, <laughs> my balls are off. I got to put them in storage. Give me some of that fucking powder. Make sure they're cool. <laughs> That's so interesting, man. And and you wrote a book. Uh, it's a great book. Uh, Confessions of a Bronx Bookie. That was my first book. It's about sex, drugs, gambling, and the mob. Everything that made this country great. Yeah. I got lucky. Uh, Stevie Van Zandt from the East Street Band started pushing it for me. Uh, which was cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, the second book I got high hopes for because it's about 9-11. It's a... Uh, it's about the fire department, but the real deal, so, not the so, bullshit where, like, you know, like, uh, I make, this book makes Rescue Me look like the fucking Muppet movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so, but the let, bullshit. so wait, this is the real deal. This is what happens. I, I want to back, I want to back up with something, because sometimes on the Verzi Effect, there is a sports segment. Not much. I'll just talk about, yeah, you know, cool. the, the heartbreak, the Yankees lost, something was going on, the Giants, Knicks always suck. Real quick, but you... You say, now, I want to talk about fixed games. Okay. And I want to talk about shit that is, that is really, because we have somebody here. I mean, I know that you knew mob guys and you were doing all kinds. I mean, I, we want to keep it, you know, but I know you know shit, okay? And mm -hmm. I know you were a part of shit during a certain time. In your estimation, percentage-wise, um, today, in 2017, when you watch a game, can you watch and know or think this, this, that points are being shaved or that, that that call was because of something in order for either the league to make money or for something? Can you, can you, can you see that today? Here, here's the deal. I don't look at games like, like I used to because, you know, I had so much fucking money on them, I used to be glued to them. Now I just watch the scores. But no, I tell how a game is fucked up. And this is how, this is how the wise guys do it. This is so great. I'm, just, I'm a, locked into this shit. You're too. looking at a game on Monday, right? Suppose like, like this week, New Orleans. They're kicking ass lately, right? They've won four in a row. They're looking like they can't fucking be stopped. They're going home. They open up at nine and a half over the Bears, right? Yeah. Monday, the line opens up at nine and a half. The line drops to nine, eight and a half. And you say to yourself, okay, who the fuck is betting money on the Bears, right? This is impossible. The line should be going to 10, 10 and a half. Right. So you look for a game that's counterintuitive, a game that's going the wrong way, right? Right. Tuesday, because that's when the wise guys bet. The general public bet on Sunday, Saturday. You can't change your line on Sunday because there's so much money on the game already. A $5,000 bet ain't going to do shit, but a $20,000 bet on a Monday is going to move a line. Now, if it's moving the wrong way, you got to say to yourself, why is that fucking line moving the wrong way? And guess what? If it's between you and the bookies, the bookies are usually right. So the general public is going to pile on New Orleans. I guarantee the Bears win this week. Now, if I watch that game and I see, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I'm, eight, I'm eight and two for the year. I mean, because, <laughs> and I bet games, I, I don't bet them anymore because right now you make mine bets. All you can lose is your mind, right? Because like, I've lost so much fucking money, you can't win. I mean, you know, you can't beat the percentages. But you look at it, if I look at a game like that and I see a defensive holding call from the interior line on the 10-yard line, you go, give me a I'm sorry to the Verzi Effect listeners in Vegas who stopped this and ran to put that bet. If they fuck up, hold the fuck up. I'm going to get. I'm going to Bellagio to take. Send it in. Bet the fucking rent. Don't worry about it. Can't miss. Oh, that is so interesting. God hates a cow. Ryan and Ryan Court and me were looking at you like we just saw like an alien land. We were so interested in that shit. Well, here's the deal with bookmakers. You know what? If you talk to a layman, they first thing they think when they hear a bookmaker, they say, "Okay, you like Dallas, you like the Giants, you bet a thousand on Dallas, you thousand on." Giants, I pitch against each other and I take 100 bucks, right? 10%. Right. That ain't how it works. That's bullshit. 
That's complete bullshit. Here's how it works. If you've got 12 games on a Sunday, maybe six games will be really important. To you. Bill, can you just not fucking hammer this thing? <laughs> <laughs> you got fucking... I, I talk like, like a you fuck. I talk like you. I'm from the Bronx. Sounds like an animal head. is running across this I thing. I talk like... Anyway, so there'll be six games that'll be really important to you. Of course, the, the, the last game, Sunday night game, if you're in New York, Giants, Dallas, uh, you know, six games will mean a lot. Now, with the juice, with the 10%, all you got to do of those six games is win two of them and you break even. Because right. with the juice, you break right. even. Right. If you win three of them, you make money. If you win four of them, you crush because you're getting juice. Right. If you win five, you wipe them out. So anybody in their right mind is going to hold six games on the premise I only got to be right two out of the six and I break even. Right. So you Holy don't got to worry about laying off money because all your players are going to go broke anyway. So why should I take fucking 5000 that you're going to go broke on eventually yeah. by the end of the year and lay it off with him and give him your money? So tell, can you just tell the story about the guy who was having a really hard time gambling oh, and he my, called somebody? Listen, listen to this. My buddy Blinky. His buddy Blinky. <laughs> fucking. Yeah, Blinky. my buddy Blinky. He's got a gambling problem. Buddy, but Blinky was a bitch. <laughs> but Blinky had lost like fucking 16 games in a row, right? Every fucking week, two games, toilet, in the toilet, down the fucking south, 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 16 games in a row. Finally, he says, you know what? Fuck this. I'm calling the service. Call one of these guys. These five-star services. He calls the guy up. He gets the fucking credit card. The guy says to him, now look, you put the credit card in. You got the number on the back. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is our five-star release. He says, you know, this is, uh, we don't release this all the time. $200 paid on else. He says, okay, I did it. What's the game? What's the game? He goes, the Colts. He says, the Colts, even though Burt Jones is out? The guy says, Burt Jones oh. is out? <laughs> <laughs> he said, you motherfucker. I said, come to the fucking phone. He said, <laughs> he says, Burt Jones is out. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, uh, Ryan, Ryan Sickler is here, everybody. Originally from Baltimore. Which, that was a Baltimore Colts story right there. there Burt Jones, brother. yeah, man, number seven, yeah. And you right. were a Baltimore Colts fan, right? I was until they left, yeah. Now, did you start stand-up in, ba did you start stand -up in Baltimore? I or? did, very briefly, though. I started stand-up in Baltimore uh, when I was 20, but then life got in the way, and I didn't start again until I was 27 in L.A. Oh, okay, yeah. wow. Wow. What kind of life got in the way? <laughs> a lot of people's a life ending got in the way. Oh, <laughs> a, lot oh, of, a lot of oh, important oh. people. Like my dad died, then oh, I was living with my grandma. Oh, man. She died, so it was all work, work, work. Actually, I have a, a bookie story. because I wanted to ask you, did you ever run numbers? Well, numbers is like what most guys do in bars, and they, yeah. they usually give that to the runners. Like, so you know, this, Joe Pesci used to be a runner for a big bookmaker. What's right running numbers? Explain running numbers to me. Well, well, I don't I'll tell you how this story. guy, I'll tell you how this guy yeah. did it. This, so I worked at, uh, to put myself through college, I worked at UPS. Shout out to UPS, Baltimore Hub, Primary One, Joe Avenue. Oh, shit, my stepfather worked at UPS there for fucking go. 25 years. There you go, man. UPS delivers to my house all I the time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I worked my way up, got to know the, everybody, and there was one guy that would sit in the cafeteria, but this was a hub. This was still Teamsters full-time, uh, one of the last uh, full-time hubs. And the, you know, it's a monster building. This guy uh, was on, he had gotten out of prison and his job through the state was he was responsible for filling all the vending machines and everything. And it, I would say that cafeteria was as big as all the way, this whole entire room here. Okay. And it's just lined up vending machines with sandwiches and, you know, all, you know, those kind where you slide the window open and yeah. there's a meal and shit in there. Like he was in charge of all that, keeping everyone's lunches for him and shit. That was the job that the state gave him after he got out of prison. He got out of prison 
he went to prison on a life sentence, uh, did 18, got out for good behavior because he came home and found his best friend in bed with his wife. And he shot them. And uh, I think he killed the best friend and the wife made it out. And back then they didn't have um, temporary insanity or any of these pleas that they came up with later. So he served a 20 year life sentence, got out in 18. This was the job the state gave him was you work in a fucking UPS cafeteria and stock the food and stuff. But he couldn't make a lot of money doing that. So his side hustle was <laughs> two things. He was a bookie. He would do all our fucking football, college bets, everything. And then he also ran numbers. And the way he did it was you use the lottery that's on TV. That's still your numbers. That's still everything. But instead of giving the government your money, you give it to me. And then if you hit, you get paid more and you don't get taxed. So it behooves you to pay me to do this. We're still going to use this system you see on TV here, but your money's not going over here. It's coming over here. Right. So every night he'd have a pick three and a pick four. And he'd leave around, mm, I'd work double, so he'd probably leave around seven. And he would just leave a piece of a napkin sitting on the table. And it would just be three numbers and four numbers. And everybody would have to go through the cafeteria to get to the restroom. So everybody took their break to walk by and check. And I played a pick four with him for months. And one night I got there late. And, you know, there's no texting or anything then. He's like, where were you? I said, man, I got stuck in traffic. I got, he's, your number's hit. Your number's hit. I go, come the fuck on. I would just throw a buck down. Yeah. And that night it hit box. And box is like if you have one, two, three, four, that means that those numbers can come up in any order. You can play straight. You can yeah, box it's like it. Yeah, it's like horses. It's like with horses. Exactly. Yeah. Any number. And it hit that night. And for that buck, I would have made $2,500 fucking dollars. I, uh, was, I was devastated at you. Now, but were you guys scared of the guy? No, he was this older white dude. The dude's name was, I probably shouldn't say. Well, I guess I can. I won't say it. Yeah, yeah. You don't uh, have to. Listen, yeah, if you fucking. It. You guy, it. It's the big dumbest guys would hang out in bars or places like that. Pat, Pat, Pat. If the guy popped yeah. into a room and started shooting people, I don't want to, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, if like, Blinky ain't coming down, Patty. <laughs> I don't even know if he's around <laughs> anymore. This dude might not even. Imagine you just saw but fucking. Numbers, you just saw Pinky and he was fucking. Older. Yeah, <laughs> Blinky <laughs> and Blinky and Pat. Blinky and Pat are just walking down the street. Uh, down where the, the street fuck is his studio at? Pat'll yeah. put fucking real deal holes in your ass. Yeah. They give yeah. the numbers to the runners because it's like the odds are like if you pick three three numbers, right? They pay you six hundred to one, right? It's the end of the paramutual, usually the paper. But the way they do it in New York, you open the paramutual, the last three numbers of the paramutual, that's the number for the day. They pay you 600. Well, of course, it's 1,000 numbers, so the odds are 1,000 to 1. So you're shaving 40%. You can't fucking lose. So numbers are that kind of deal. I tell you, Don King yeah. got his start as a kid, seven years old. That's how smart this motherfucker was. He used to buy peanuts, and he put a tip on the number in every bag of peanuts that he sell in a gambling parlor. And he keep track of all the numbers. And if a guy hit the number, he'd come back and say, how about a tip for hitting the number, you know? Wow. That's how fucking slick he was, Don King, back at seven years old. That's what he Damn. fucking... Wait, where did he grow up? I, I don't know where did he grew up, in Detroit? I don't know. I know Detroit's he went to the fucking... I know he went to the rumble. Call. He went to the rumble <laughs> in the jungle with fucking Ali on his way there. He came back with Foreman. I went back with, went with Foreman and came back with Ali. I know that. So that's pretty slick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, uh, and Court. Court, you are a um, you are a fucking professional golfer, basically. I'm not a professional golfer. You're, you're, but you, you could, could play, <laughs> but you're, you're a scratch. Go well, here's I'm the thing. I'm a decent golfer. To me, listen, I know you caddy for some of the pros, but here's the thing: when you're a scratch golfer, to me, can you if you played Augusta, if you played Augusta, what would you what would you can you shoot a you could shoot a seventy? I don't know, man. Augusta's a tough track. You know, it's tough. There's the 
what's the I mean, there's guys there that shoot five pros that shoot five over. You know, who knows? I mean that You could break eighty there? Probably break eighty there. You could break eighty there. I yeah. would say I would say I would put put good odds that I could break eighty. <laughs> <laughs> they push it all the way you back, right? Bet? With a pros Yeah, go, they push right? it all the way back. But also but also that, that thing is shaved, like those fairways are shaved and there's no like Augusta's the one golf course why Tiger Woods had so much success there is that you can you can miss there's only a couple holes that you really can't miss your drive the rest of the time and there's no there's like there's there's no real rough there so there's so like tiger woods uh jordan spieth like jordan spieth his miss is high right if you ever watch jordan spieth play golf he's He's playing shitty when his drive misses to the right that's his miss so augusta is one of these golf courses where if you miss high if you miss to the right you're in the you're in the pine straw. You're not you're not buried. You're not right. you're not in you're not you're not blocked out. So Speed's mistakes at Augusta doesn't don't really kill him. Don't really come. Tiger was the same way. Tiger's miss was a big push right, and so Tiger could bomb it at the time before they they call it Tiger. Court proofing. is Tiger done? Done. Is Ti- will it's Tiger over. win? Didn't will, he just no. get a reckless driving charge like no. yesterday or something? No, no, no. I mean that's a while ago when he oh, got was it? fucking when Tiger he got Woods, man. That's one of like that's like that fall from grace. I put up there with like that's one of the biggest falls from grace. You're talking about a guy that you know was not only was he unbeatable. I mean they said that like they try to like how unbeatable was that guy? He was completely unbeatable. He was also an asshole. I mean, like, ty- like I used to caddy. Everybody to great c- is a fucking asshole. Jordan's no. a fucking asshole. No. Everybody who's great like that. But you well, can't blame Tiger, man. Come on, pussy kill King Kong, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> we got no chance against pussy. Planes didn't kill that beast. Blah, pussy made that fucking monkey crazy. Pussy killed <laughs> King Kong is the line. I don't care what else. I don't care what the fuck else is said on this podcast in the next however long I'm on here. Pussy kill Kong King is the line Kong of this. Kong King, yeah. Kong King, King Kong, whatever the fuck his name. That is the greatest. It's true. It is true. We have no choice. It we is no took, chance. Yeah, he was he fucking dead. Dude, I used, to ca- I, I used to caddy for Jesper Parnovic. So Jesper Parnovic's been my friend for 15 years. His, wow. his nanny married Tiger right. Woods. So okay. I, met, I met Tiger when they first started dating. So I met them in 2000. I met him in 2001. Wow. When him and Elian just first started dating. Then they, it was very private. They kept it private. No one really knew they dated. They dated for a long time before they, they came out. Then they got married. Um, he was never like the friendliest guy, but I would go have dinner. I would have dinner with, with Jesper and his wife, Mia and Elian and Tiger. We would, you know, we'd have dinner together. I, I met him several, several times. Always one, a dick? Just not friendly. Just not a friendly guy. And then one night we were, um, one night I was in Florida visiting Jesper. I was doing Palm Beach Improv, Joel Bashkoff's club. And I was doing Palm Beach Improv and I went there to see Jesper. And Jesper just had hip replacement surgery. So he's literally in bed with the machine moving his leg, recuperating from this surgery. And the next night I went down to Miami to go to the Colts uh, Dolphins Monday night game. Well, the owner's a buddy of mine, so we're up in the box, and he goes, oh, uh, Peyton gave Tiger a uh, field pass. And he goes, Tiger's probably going to come up in the box. He goes, just, you know, let's all be cool and, you know, whatever. And I go, I could give a flying fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, met, I met this guy like 10 fucking times. Who yeah. gives a shit? And so we're, we're, he walks in the box. Now, this is, this is like September before the November 
meltdown. So this is like a month and a half before this all this shit went right down. Holy shit. So right, right before this whole <clears throat> thing goes you down. You are welcome, Verzi Effect listeners. You got bookmaking. You got all this fucking shit. So, yeah. so I go. So Tiger comes up in the box. He says hello to everybody in the box. And then, and, and then he sees me. And he just kind of looks at me. And he just kind of gives me one of these, like, those fucking head nods. Like the quick, yeah. Like the quick head nod, like, fuck you. And then goes back to texting on his phone. And I was like, what a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah. So I call up Mia. I call up Jesper's wife the, ne the next day. And I was in Miami. And I go, you wouldn't believe this fucking cocksucker. I go, I'm at, I tell her the story. And she goes, hang on. And she grabs, she's, I'm on her cell phone. She grabs her home phone. She calls up Tiger. And she goes, you motherfucker. And she Whoa, starts, she, she just goes, do you know how many Whoa. fucking times in our lives we have like been nice to people that come up and say they're your friend and you and we're fucking we're nice to them and we're you know you know we we you know and you we, treat them like shit and, and and then you have somebody who you fucking know you fucking you son of a bitch she goes i can't fucking believe you would do that to court she goes you're you're a fucking asshole and she just fucking hangs up the phone michael j fox never treated him like that <laughs> yeah and so and so she hangs up Holy the phone shit. and then she gets back on and she goes I took care of that. And Whoa. then and I was like But she let I, you hear it, huh? Yeah, she let me hear it. So she she, <laughs> she goes, awesome. I took care of that. That's then like an awesome. hour later she's a European chick too, right? She's Swedish, yeah. yeah so, so an so hour later she calls me, she goes, uh, Tiger wants to leave you a message. Can I give him your phone number? I go, Fuck no, don't give him my phone number. <laughs> and so, Really? Yeah. So she was like he was like real apologetic. So then cut to a month later. And what you know what he was doing was is he was texting pussy on his phone. Well, right. He was well, down in Miami. Oh, shit. And he was down there doing one of his little fucking uh, his own re Bumble. Recon, wow. recon message. Not his own. They didn't have Bumble then. Well, <laughs> He'd just take him up in the plane. Yeah. That guy had the greatest. That, that, I mean, I got to say, though, if you're going to bang girls and you got billions of dollars, the way you do it is you, get a, you tell your wife you got a, a business meeting, you go get on your jet, you fly around, fucking midair and then land get them off the plane and go yeah it was a great business meeting <laughs> okay no. just me <laughs> <laughs> the guy that did it right is Derek Jeter oh god yeah, you just right. don't get married right. yeah get oh married. yeah well but that's he didn't the whole thing he was a family man or any that's of that right. bullshit he didn't he put just, on we yeah, all he knew just, who he was he was he, the fucking captain that's of the right. Yankees well, and yeah. well Tiger's same thing with Namath we knew who he was he did what the fuck he well, wanted to do well Tiger's downfall was <laughs> Tiger's downfall was that he came from this military father who was so on top of him his whole life I mean that yeah. guy was yeah. like a thumbs down on him his entire life and then his dad passes away he's married with kids and he's like fuck it I got nobody to answer to now this is the first time in his life he's been free so he's banging Hooters waitresses I mean he didn't even bang hot chicks do you see some of these yeah, but, but here's but here's my it question like, about this. here's my question about this though how does that fuck your game up like if you have a jump shot you have a jump shot no because golf is 90% mental 90% of its mental you look at all the guys that are out there playing and you see how on tour how one week some guy is just better than everybody else that week. It's just he, his, he fucking got dialed in. His putter got hot. So you and think his confidence just... It's, it's uh, all confidence. That's why him. Tiger won so much. Because back then, man, Tiger had the lead, and you're like, well, there's, no, there's no fucking oh. catching this guy. And yeah. it's like, he, there's no way I can catch this guy. That's Nowadays, they know confidence. If you don't have confidence, yeah. you're fucked. I mean, but imagine yeah. being going anywhere in the world where people are just shitting on you all the time. Like, even if you had a... 
scandal. It would not be on the level of a Tiger Woods scandal where they're talking about it in fucking China and shit. You know That's the I mean? thing. Like, yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah, like we it's get upset if like reminder. one of our friends is like, hey, dude, they're talking about you down at the comedy club. So you're like, hey, who the fuck? Would you imagine? Like, on, a, yeah, on the cover in Moscow. Yeah. <laughs> you're on the cover in Moscow. Like, and they got some, they got some, yeah. they got some yeah. hoof yeah. you hooked up with Her the night before. Country but, too. Yeah. They're all, yeah. everyone's shitting on you. If they had a picture of you standing over that nacho box last night on the cover of the newspaper you would be upset about that man you know, but only phoenix would know those about nachos it. pretending like you're just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Claude made a great point about the about the father being you know on top yes, of it yeah. once you get loose man i was 18 years old they sent me to vietnam i got the vietnam prostitutes for four dollars a piece I was a recovering. <laughs> I swear to God, I was a recovering Catholic. My that testosterone was the cheapest was pussy I've ever heard in of. Nineteen sixty-six. We get three for twelve. I swear to God. You walk into a fucking bar. You get three for twelve. I was nineteen. Was it a fucking McDonald's meal? I was nineteen. I was a recovering Catholic. My testosterone was through the roof. I could handle three fucking for twelve. You walk into a fucking bar, there'd be a hundred fucking names, right? A hundred numbers up on a big electronic board and a hundred girls dancing with numbers on their back. You just go number two, number 16, number 21, and then two minutes later, they're out here, you pay mama's I'd always get. I'd always take, I'd always take number 69 just for, just for shits and giggles. I can't believe it. I'll take 69. That. Yeah, man, I was getting, I mean, I would have fucked a rock if I thought there was a snake under what, it. What, was <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute, how does that? I would have. But how is that, man? I don't understand the saying. Well, the if war the, was on, man, the war was on. You know, what does that have to do with the war? A snake no, under a rock? I want to know, what, what's the snake doing? You could have died, I'd fuck anything. I mean, you know. <laughs> Beauty's only a light switch away. Fuck it. I turn out the lights and say, okay, I'll take her, her, and her, right? Um, so so were you worried about STDs? Fuck oh, them? I caught the clap so many fucking times I had my own coffee mug over here firm. <laughs> <laughs> they thought I worked it. Oh, shit. I caught the clap so are you fucking kidding me? But we didn't have all this bullshit, all this shit that you guys got out there, AIDS and herpes and all that shit. <laughs> well, that, we, it's only us yeah, that have it. We didn't have any of that shit. Some fucking you idiot, can still get it, some, just so some, you know. Some fucking idiot goes and fucks a monkey or some shit. What the fuck? Dude, I remember, I remember college. We didn't, we didn't have any of that shit, man. In college, we didn't have any fucking... Yeah. Yeah, it was like, there was no AIDS. I never used the rubber, man. We never used the rubber in my generation. That's why my generation's leading the fucking world in STDs now. It's the only senior citizens are fucking yeah. catching a clock and all kinds of shit because we never used the rubber. We never put a raincoat on. What the fuck, you know? Yeah. I can't imagine now, you know, coming back from there, I probably was with, let's say, roughly 600 broads, right, in a year, right? Now I come Jesus back, what am I supposed Christ. to do? I'm 22 years old. I'm going to go out for a burger and a movie? Look, <laughs> if that ship is so fucking were you, sailed, uh, Billy, that Bil ship is gone. You know, <laughs> forget about that shit. <laughs> Wait, no. Uh, but Billy, when I you get like, I'm going to, I'm going to give you four dollars and you're going to fuck hey, my go brains out yeah, for four dollars. Were you, were you getting a prostitute every day, Billy, or no? Three, three, four days. But he's like, get my hands up. You would just all day. That's what soldiers were doing. Was just fucking. That's what I was doing. I don't know what the rest of them were doing. I didn't give a fuck. You know, they were losing because he was supposed to be computer programming shit for her. 
Where is this That's Billy? why we lost right Damn here. Damn it, fucking Billy. <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed to be monitoring this shit. <laughs> I was playing poker. I was making money. I was fucking making money. I was this buying is the, This is the guy money. that's supposed to be doing the strategy. Yeah. In this case, he's banging Billy's the only the guy in the 60s in Vietnam who treated it like it was a fucking, like a resort. <laughs> no, Billy's got poker at, Billy's got poker at three, and he's got three hookers. He's locked up today. After payday, three days straight, I play poker, take the suckers all their money, right? Then I fucking go downtown. I'd be buying R&Rs from guys. You're married. You don't want to get the clap. Here's 500. I'll take your R&R, &R, right? Go downtown. Wait, what's yeah. the R&R? &R? Yeah, rest and recreation. Uh, rest and re relaxation. Oh, you mean you, know? you bought their time yeah, so like that they didn't five get in trouble? You go do I'd it say, for I'd say, I'll them. take your R&R. Here's 500. Send it to your wife, and I'll take your R&R. &R. I'd be downtown banging more broads. It was great. Oh my god! I think you get quaaludes right over the drugstore. Like you oh, go to a drugstore. Quaaludes drug were the fucking quaaludes, best. Quaaludes, codeine. <laughs> get oh. bottles of Robitussin AC, no problem. Right over the weed. I was paying you a said dollar. Bottle, but you held your hands up like a three liter. <laughs> <laughs> Robitussin and Quaaludes was like the deal. Oh. And you could get a fucking shopping Robitussin bag. Shopping bag full of Laotian weed. I'd get a shopping bag full of Laotian weed for 20 bucks. A shopping bag full of weed. I'd be fucking chopping it up, roll a joint, throw the rest off the table. I said, one of these days I'm going to fucking kick myself in the ass for this. Um, Meanwhile, there's an here. empty computer in there going, <laughs> Billy, we're under fire. Billy, Billy, they're coming. <laughs> Give me a few minutes. Charlie's in the wire. Charlie's in the wire. <laughs> Charlie's in the wire. I don't give a shit. Relax, man. I'm getting to you. Relax. His fuck, up, his fuck ups went high enough for the president. Like the, they were like, yeah, this one guy is just. The president's like, get me a general. Why is the same fucking area losing? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it was fucking trip, man. It was a trip. Billy, it's fucking your fault, Vietnam. <laughs> I tell you what, man, when I came back. I started bookmaking, and I started. I went to New Orleans first. But for a week. he came back. A lot <laughs> of them didn't. Yeah, Billy no, came yeah. back. Let me tell you something, <laughs> with man. The clap. No, but the legitimately, <laughs> legitimately. All the guys are coming back with PTSD. Man, You're bringing oh, back STDs. That, that ain't fucking nothing. <laughs> I got PTSD. He's got, got no PT. He's just got the STD. I got the, whole, <laughs> I got the whole fucking package. But let me tell you something. Legitimately. Legitimately. This shit was... $36 in pussy took the U.S. down. <laughs> well, at least we went in a good cause oh, anyway. That's what, oh, that's what we were fighting for. Why were we fighting for that to begin with? We were All fighting right. for pussy. We're oh. always fighting for pussy. Oh, fuck, dude. I don't know. Legitimately, legitimately, the two fucking most poignant uh, things I ever heard about Vietnam, and uh, I read everything I get my hands on about now when I came back, was Tim O'Brien with the things they carried. Two quotes. One, he said, and this is true, all the fucking time I had over was great, but still you're 22 years old. It's an amazing fucking alteration of your life. He said, when I came back from Vietnam, I had the strangest feeling that I was older than my father. And that's absolutely true. You get that. And the other thing he said was, do you have any idea what it's like for a 20-year-old kid to be walking through a napalm village and see pigs eating roast people? Now, just think about that. What that's a 20-year-old kid seeing that shit. But you never saw that. No, right? no, 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 no. <laughs> 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 no, no. You were just eating pigs. Just eating pigs. I was eating pigs. Yeah, yeah you were just eating. <laughs> number two, number seven, number fourteen. Come here, baby. I'm gonna eat that bitch. <laughs> what, a, what a slob I can make out of you. Come over here. Let me see what a kind of a slob I can make out of you. Rip those nylons. Smear that lipstick. Let me see what kind of. Yeah, slob. you see. <laughs> <laughs> Your day was so different than the guys in the oh, shit. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. Oh yeah, a whole different world. Yeah, I had. I had a whole different... You know what? 
Your buddy Bill Burt does a great bit about that. I saw him do that that bit when you opened for him at the Tempe Improv, what? and he did the bit about at the Tempe Improv. He did. He says. You know, not all of these guys were heroes. Okay, you revered them. Oh, yeah. And he does the bit about the aircraft carrier, yeah, which yeah. is fucking hilarious. Yeah, right? yeah, Who yeah. thinks of that, right? Yeah. Like, what about this guy? The guy points <laughs> after the aircraft takes <laughs> off. Yeah. As soon as he said that, I said, that's me. The motherfucker's talking yeah. about me. Yeah. You know, and guys tell me, thanks for your service. I'm like, fucking thank you for sending me, motherfucker. I had a ball. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was great. <laughs> my service. I should have paid my fucking way over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he only had one uniform. He only had one uniform and like 50 pair underwear. Yeah, I, I picture, you picture Billy at the University of Florida in history class and they're talking about the devastation oh. of Vietnam and he's looking around like, it wasn't really that bad. I got it. Can we talk about the wars? <laughs> I had a fucking history teacher at UF. He says to me, in front of the whole class, right, he's talking. He says, and you know, in the 60s, these guys had social consciousness. And they went out in the streets and they protested the war and they were marching for civil rights. And I'm like, and he goes, yeah, Billy, well, you were around. And I said, yeah. I said, we didn't have social consciousness. We were out in the street because that's where the pussy was. I said, what do you think? I came back from that. I grew my hair long, put on bell bottoms. I said, somebody said something about I, free I, love. I, I said, well, the price is fucking right. Free love? <laughs> I'm in on that. And I was out there fucking hoping for the best. You know? I feel like you were like Rodney Dangerfield in Back to School. <laughs> I was kind of. Yeah, like a lot of guys broke my balls like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but you did you go to like did you go to the student parties and like go to the? Nah, and I think no. these guys used to call me up and ask if I want to play Nintendo and say, yeah, don't do this. Nintendo, this. What are you like, fucking? Show me a four dollar hooker. <laughs> this guy <laughs> fucked everything in Vietnam. You think he wants? Yeah, you think he wants to play Excitebike? <laughs> <laughs> These kids are playing. I haven't thought about Excitebike <laughs> I since swear I to turned it off the last time. <laughs> this guy was in Vietnam, now he's playing Donkey Kong. Fuck out of here. <laughs> I ain't doing that shit. And then you go to these fucking parties and, and the broads, all these young, beautiful girls, 18 to 22, will be in the other room. And these guys be playing beer pong and shit. I said, what are you fucking crazy? Look at all those fucking women. And you're playing beer pong? Fuck beer pong. <laughs> <laughs> go talk to the broads. Anyway. Uh, that's great. Oh, that's a lot of fun to come. Oh, you guys are listening to the Versi Effect episode 329. I'm sitting here with Court McCown, Ryan Sickler, Billy O'Connor. What a what such a such a great time. How are we doing on time here? What do we got? Another another ten? Oh yeah, good. We got another twenty. Beautiful. Nice. Uh, beautiful. Let's I'm get out of the fucking ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some fucking whores in here. We got we got twenty minutes. Who's we got, got eight who's bucks? Got a who's got eight bucks? I need a quailude. I need three for twelve. <laughs> who's got eight dollars? <laughs> Also, we get, can all get laid. Yeah, getting a ten, getting a ten back then must have been like fucking getting a ten spot, ten dollars must have been nuts in Vietnam. A Over lot, there, yeah, 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 because you know that was the commodity we were, we were buying. You know, I mean, they were feeding. If we were doing the right thing, we were spreading the little wealth around. You know, what I mean, I, I always treated hookers good. I, I treat hookers like queens. That's one of my deals. <laughs> he was the Derek Jeter. Oh, always, <laughs> did, he get a, did they get a Vietnam gift bag? Here's four dollars <laughs> for my little queen. Treat a whore like a queen and a queen like a whore. Right? You can't fucking miss. <laughs> you can't fucking miss. Aristotle said that. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did. Right after he was in Vietnam. <laughs> so you have... I imagine you have a small check coming in as payment from the government, but the way you're making your other money is just by gambling and buying no, people's R&R? No, fuck it. You can't make a nickel gambling, man. That shit's out the window. I mean, in Vietnam. 
Oh, it's, I'm talking oh, when oh, you yeah. were there. Yeah, I was making a lot of money playing poker. That's Look, where you're making guys, your real money. You're making just, more than you were getting paid oh, to be there, like, right? Oh, forget it. 40 times yeah. more. Guys used to sit down in my poker game with, like, you know, put down the, you know, the thing inside a deck of cards that said, what beats what? You know, and I, they'd be sitting there, and I'm going to want the 20 game. And I said, well, this guy be broke in 20 minutes. I'm going to rape this prick. You know, like, I was a home gambler yeah. at that time already. I was already, like, you know, I was into all of that shit. Poker. I've been gambling since I was fucking four years old. <laughs> I actually played poker one, one time with the, who the fuck was it? Uh, little Anthony the Imperials, man. Remember Little Anthony the Imperials from the 50s? You don't remember that group, huh? No. I was no. like four years old. I can old honestly old. say, finally, I wasn't alive then. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time. That's the first time I've ever said that. <laughs> I've never said that before. I wasn't alive then. Finally. I like this fucking guy. <laughs> he looked at us like, you guys remember Little Anthony and the Imperials? <laughs> no, I was four. Yeah. You're fucking, no, yeah. none of us no. remember that. No, no. Play poker with him. Two cent poker, you know, just fucking around with so I was always getting. And we used to. We, you, you grew up in the streets. You played stick ball. You played for money. We played. We played. Yeah, we played. Played for I, money. You always gambled. I was. Gambling. I was. I was outside the city. I was. My dad grew up kind of like where where you grew up. We gambled on everything. There was no fucking fun if you didn't gamble. What the fuck is the sense of playing if you're not going to gamble on it? And it yeah. just carried over. You know. I the only reason I became a bookie. I was so tired of losing fucking money. And I said, "Might as well take." The well, end. you said something before that I think really uh, makes a lot of sense. You said being a stand-up for somebody that gambles. Juice. And it's funny, like Charles Barkley says the reason he puts 100 grand on games is because he doesn't have that playing, in, that rush. He doesn't have in the playoffs, has to perform. So he really gambled a lot when he was done because he got that feeling. <laughs> so what you're saying is for stand-up, yeah. you were going like, I'm going on stage. You were like, it's nervous. You right. got to make them right. laugh. You might bomb. You're scared. And then when you get done, no matter what happened, something happened, you get that feeling. Exactly. And, and that's that's You guys th still get it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be that's doing stand-up. Dude, yeah. when you had 500, I remember when when I had, I remember one time I was young. I was in high school and I didn't have money. And I put a hundred. Me and my friend would always put a hundred on the on the home team on Monday Night Football, and we wanted a lot. Monday Night Football home team covered a lot. You know, I remember we we did the numbers. Let's do it. So we bet Green Bay, Green Bay won, and I won like three hundred, four hundred dollars. And then I I want I got greedy, and it flipped to where I went negative seven hundred. I was a kid, and I remember being scared, man. Like I didn't have it. And the guys like, dude, you know, you played with the big boys and shit. Like you you owe seven hundred dollars. And I just remember, like, when a pass is in the air, a bomb is in the air, right? And it's like a fucking 70-yard bomb to Moss. When you got $200 on that shit, it's like it makes the— it makes It's the, a whole different deal. It's just such a fucking unbelievable rush. But you can't win in NFL football, can you? You can't no, win. Impossible. Overall game, you're not going to win. Percentages, it's, look, it's math. Math is a pure science. They're taking 10%, right? So that means if, say, you bet 10 games a year, 10 games a day, 10 games, period. Six out of 10 to break even. Seven out of ten to win a little bit of money. Eight out of ten to win any real money. Nobody can hit eight out of ten. I'll give you a quick story. I had this guy, degenerate gambler, Tony Ferret. Man, you know, Norm, uh, Norm McDonald used to bet with me years ago. He never yeah. met me. I never met him. But he bet with you to run. He was like six games Wait, a night. Norm gambles, right? Norm yeah, gambles? Big time. yeah, yeah. Six, six games NBA every fucking night. He never met me, but he, my voice, he might recognize. I love that he tweets. He tweets <laughs> every Give me the money, Norm. <laughs> but anyway, this guy, Tony Ferret, degenerate gambler, right? He calls me up. Fucking Monday night, four NBA games in the toilet. Next night, three games, <laughs> NBA in the toilet. Next night, two nights, south, south. He hits like 14 losers in a row in the NBA, right? Calls me up on a Monday night. I give him his figure. He goes, yeah, yeah. What do you got in the NBA? I says, you know what, man? Tony, no NBA tonight. All-star break. I said, I got hockey. 
He's hockey. What the fuck do I know about hockey? <laughs> you just pick fucking 17 losers in a row, you cocksucker. You don't, you don't know, know nothing about, about nothing. What <laughs> <laughs> do you know about hockey? A fucking monkey couldn't pick 17 fucking losers in a row if he gave a piece of chalk. What do you know about hockey? You don't know fucking nothing about hockey. You don't know nothing about the NBA. You just want juice. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! This is so much fun. I could just listen. I'm having a ball, man. I'm having a lot of fun. You guys are great. This fucking is fucking great. Easy. It's like fucking sitting down with your. I gotta tell buddy. you, man. Phoenix, Phoenix is underrated for comedy. I was <laughs> out here. I was out here. They gave me a weekend here at Stand Up Live. It was amazing. Right before the special, people come out. Tempe, that te Tempe room is amazing. Um, and people come out here. People come out like they wanna. Dude, this is a podcast festival, and people are fucking in the streets with badges and going to shit. Yeah, they've like been it, great. They've it's, been great. It's yeah. really been, man. It's it's a cool it's a cool place to do it because some places can't pull it off, but Phoenix well, is cool. You can get a lot of stage time in Phoenix. You know, like if a kid's coming out of college, the first thing he's thinking is, oh, I want to go to New York, do I want to go to L.A.? And you're going to get lost in both places, you know? But nobody thinks, let me go to Phoenix. But when a lot of headliners come in from L.A., they need people to open. Yeah. So, you know, you can get a lot of stage time here. I mean, I got better, you know, and if I can get better, anybody can get better because I'm a fucking screwball, you know? You just did, uh, you were with Florentine, right? What at a where? great fucking guy, man. One of the, one of the, Jim Florentine's one of the nicest. fucking yeah. sweetheart. I spent four days with that fucking guy. I was like spending four days with you. Oh, I appreciate a that. A fucking sweetheart. I mean, a really fucking nice guy. You he's know? Jim, Jim is one of those guys that you meet. He's just like, you're like, he's so fucking cool, man. Yeah, he's oh, a good yeah, dude. Great, that's really a, that's a solid dude. He is great. Yeah, we watched some football Sunday. What did you got? What did you do? Which room did you do? I, the House of Comedy, Rick Bronson. Okay. Show. Rick is always good to me. He's a good fucking dude. He read both my books. He keeps one in the toilet. He says, look, I, I, I hope this doesn't insult you, but I keep your book in the toilet. I said, no, that's cool. Like, you know, yeah. I, I wrote it like that. I wanted it like toilet reading. You know, it's one chapter. In Guys, time. check that out and buy it. Where could they buy it? Where could they well, buy it? Well, the, the new one's coming out. is called The Mick. It's about a 9-11. I got hopes for that. I got a couple of producers that just said that. But what about the that. one that's out now? Can the they get it out? Confessions of a Bronx Bookie. Can it's they, on Amazon, Kindle. Confessions reviews. of a Bronx Bookie and, uh, yeah. Reviews are off the hook, man. Just no, you're a great, no, for the people that don't know, you know, uh, Billy's a really great writer, man. Writing's uh, my thing. Yeah, you, yeah, it's, that's what, well, that's what you went to school for, and it's, it's a really. That's my thing. I, yeah. I tell you what, I fucking wrote that book in a year, it took me a year and a half to edit. I finally got so fucking tired of looking yeah. at that book, I thumbtacked one page, each page up to a wall. And look through each sentence through binoculars. No, I uh, just to take out fucking extra right, words. Yeah. I, is it, it it's that's a burden. Like I, with my special, my special is finally going to be done next week, as far as everything. But I made sure in the contract we negotiated that I had final, final say. Yeah. I had final editing say. And as much as that was great, it was fucking. I mean, you're talking about all right, Paul. Version five's coming back. You know, Oscar right. knows if Oscar's right. here. You know, all right, version six. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That I don't want. And then here's the other thing. Then it, with a special, you got a director and a producer going, you might want to keep that. And I'm like, but that's no. And then, and then, it, but, but, but you also don't want to be disrespectful because they've done it. And this is my first one. So, you know, now I'm talking to a guy that's done it 20, 30 times and I'm going, no. But so we meet, you meet. And you're like, okay, and you take, but it's, it's right. It's, you, after a while, I'm like, first of all, you know how hard it is as a comic to watch yourself. I Even to, oh, dude, do dude, to listen yeah. to yourself yeah. and to watch yourself. You're like, look at me. I'm a fuck. I look like that. And I'm, you're looking at it under eyes that you're not looking at it to enjoy it. You're looking at it yeah, to break it down. I get scared. To, I, yeah, I get scared. Like, I'm know? like, yeah, you have, to, you have to watch it. And I just like, I would watch 10 minutes and walk away because it's really tough to do. But finally, it got to the point where I just had to sit down and go, Paul, this is, this is it. You know, so I, I, I can imagine a book. No, but good for you man because let me tell you something it's a rule of writing editing is not cleaning up after the party same thing with comedy editing is not cleaning up after the party editing is the party writing yeah, is right first draft of everything is shit 
Hemingway said that. The first draft of everything is shit. First right. joke you throw out, it's just there. It yeah. doesn't get good until you hold it, right? I mean, you know, that's, that's right. Yeah. How yeah. you guys operate? It just gets better. Sometimes it grows. You know, it's like, but it don't start like that. But I will right. tell any comedian listening to this and everybody is, is, is if you do do a project, you have to get, as, as an artist, you have to get the rights. Ellie. You Definitely. have to get the rights. And, and the first contract that comes, they'll never, the, the first contract that comes, it's never had there. It's never there, the first one. Like, unless, like they're always, you always got to be. Well, the first still, one still is everything the they one. want. Wait, what'd you say, Ryan? The first, first contract's everything they want. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. It's up to you to go, no, 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 no. Yeah, the red, the red line, the red line, <laughs> yeah. red line. So do you guys red. do that yourself strike or do you through, get lawyers? Or what no, the lawyer. fuck's the deal? No, lawyers. It's well, worth, as a bookie, it's worth 5% to have somebody knows what the gotcha. fuck they're doing. Right. Look at your shit. Right. Yeah. It took me a long time to realize you need to sign on the dotted line and say thank you. I'll take I'll take the, I'll take the four dollars. <laughs> yeah, no, you gotta be protected. You gotta you gotta be protected. Cause like Ryan just said, the first one is so skewed in, in, in non your in your favor, not your favor that you're like, listen. And they know. That's the funniest part. The they first know. one's not even a real contract a lot of times. It's just some proposal for some shit we want. Then you beat it up. Yeah, like market. if you signed it, they'd be, they'd be yeah, like, really? This fuck, he <laughs> court McCallum's. Yeah. He court McCallum's. God damn it. That boy signed it right away. That court <laughs> took that $4. <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> Getting laid tonight. Yeah. God damn it. Um, <laughs> all right, so one, one thing I do on the show, it's a part of my show, is unacceptable for the week. That is kind of my, you know, Letterman top 10 list. Uh, so to speak. So I know you guys, I didn't prepare you guys for that. And I, I usually do one. Um, the listeners, guys, I, I do have one for you. And this was, I've never had this happen to me before. Um, I got picked up uh, early in the morning to come out to Phoenix. The, the cab driver was there. And I noticed, I, I don't, he had a small head, you know? And, and I don't know, I don't know if that has something to do with it. But like, I just noticed like it was almost small to the point where I was like, is this, it, like, like that, what's that virus and shit? The, the, the Zika vi What? Yeah. Makes your head small. <laughs> There's a virus. What's it called? Like Beetlejuice, like little Beetlejuice head. Zika, the Zika virus is something that it makes you. Yeah. I didn't but know I don't, that. But it he, shrinks it your fucking head. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if he was. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. But it wasn't. It wasn't. It was something. Dude, I get in the car and I, and I'm telling you every stop. I was. I was actually almost. Somebody said, "Please live Facebook what you're doing," because I was on Facebook going, "This fucking guy is stopping." Every time he stopped was as if he was gonna hit a wall. Every time, and I'm going like this, and I'm starting to mutter myself, "This fuck, I'm getting sick." I'm get and I just threw up snorkeling in Hawaii, so the same shit starts to happen. And I'm going, "I'm not gonna, fuck, I'm not throwing up on the way to this festival. I can't. I'm fucking exhausted." And he's stopping, and he's going, and I'm going, oh. and I'm going, "This fuck." Then he missed the terminal. So as he was missing the terminal, it was more, Billy. I was fuck. I, you thought I was on a cruise ship, and I, I almost jumped out of the fucking cab. That's how much I wanted to get out of the cab. It was one of the most, and and it was fucking horrible then I get on the plane and as people are boarding the plane when's the captain get on during that as you're stepping on the captain not you know when you when you step on you see the flight attendant go hey honey and you yeah. go to your fucking flight it I mean the captain gets on I'm nauseous now I just dealt with that I could barely eat breakfast the, the lady was like are you all right she's a club soda like I, I was like that at the airport because because of, of a cab ride there unacceptable then the, <laughs> then the fucking captain gets on the captain goes Hey, folks, the captain here in a cockpit. And I'm going, this never happens. He goes, look, we're not going to be serving anything for the first 35 of the flight. We're going to be in some really rough turbulence uh, until we get past Pittsburgh. I'm, I swear to God, then we're going to be into really rough uh, turbulence until we pass Pittsburgh. But, you know, give it about 30, 35 minutes. And he didn't lie. 
He didn't fucking lie. That plane was getting to the point where people, like, you know the guy, Joe Matarese has a bit about the guy who plays it cool reading even during it. That guy was, like, doing work, and it got to the point where that guy just put his head back. Like, the guy, it went from, like, the guy who was a fucking professional flyer. Like, I don't care, to where he just went, you know, he laid back and he put his head back, like, let's get through this. And it was just the, it was just, but that cab, that cab ride was one of, now my wife said, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Because my wife said, we, that cab ride cost me from my house to the airport cost me 175 Damn. Okay, yeah, because I live sure. I live one hour north of Manhattan, but I had to go to Newark. And it was 7 in the morning, and I was out. I, was, I did a show the night before, so I, I just I didn't want to drive. So I, I'm, I'm, my wife, I'm, I'm going, Stace, this, this guy, I'm getting sick. This, this guy can't drive. He was stopping even like 15 yards before a car hard. Like I w it was almost to the point, guys, he was, I thought he was fucking with me. That's how bad it was. My wife says, since it cost me that much, I should call the company. But then my question is, I don't want that guy knowing where the fuck I live. I don't want to be, you know what I mean? Like he picked me up. So what do you think? Should I just, because it's expensive, should I try to, but I don't, I'm not, not one of those get, free. You're never getting that money back. Yeah, it's, it's going to do, not it's gonna, not gonna it's not do gonna, anything, not gonna right? Do anything. I write it off, man. Who gives a fuck? And yeah, you're paying $175 for a possible small head lunatic to show up at your fucking house and terrorize you and your fucking Don't you have fucking Uber there? You know what would be funny if I called up next time and I'm like, listen, who's coming? Is You just make sure the guy's head's normal. Did that fucking guy ask you if the left lane was faster? Did that guy ask you if the left lane was faster? Yes, because you put it up on Facebook. He said, this guy just asked me, is it faster in the left-hand lane? Billy, thank you for saying that. That's the other thing I forgot I left out. This guy's a fucking steel trap, this guy. We're in the right fucking lane. We're in the right lane. And people are kind of flowing left. And he goes, is the, uh, is the left one faster? <laughs> and I went to be like, dude, you drive for a fucking living. <laughs> like that's, that's like a comic being like, should I hit the punchline? I, I, I think what happened is, need I think what happened is, <laughs> does some, this line is I think some guy with the Zika virus took his brother's cab that morning and decided to give you a ride to the airport. I'm going to make some guy fucking with, and, dude. and he had heavier shoes on. That's right, that. Billy. That's, that's another unexpected. He said, is in the that's left lane crazy. faster? And I said, I, could, I, I couldn't believe it. So it was, it was really. Uh, it's like a hooker rescue. Should I take my clothes off? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep them on. Well, Put so, on an overcoat. What the fuck are clothes? Let's talk about this for a second. Guys have fetishes. I don't understand this one. This is the one I don't understand. There's a couple ones I don't understand. Jerking off on a girl's foot, I, I, I guess, I guess, I'm sorry if this just took a weird turn, but we're, we're done. But <laughs> Not what really. About, it's what, pretty normal but, for this cast. But, right? but, yeah. but what about the guys that just want the girl's clothes on and they just into some like, some stuff that's not sexual, like, you know, like they just ask Billy four dollars over here. Uh, I tell you what, I used to ask hookers and I do this every, all the time. I always say, you know, because we're fucking comics. We're curious. We're fucking writers. Curious. I say, what's the weirdest fucking thing anybody yeah, ever asked you for? Right. Yeah. You, 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 <clears throat> you ever been with hookers? Yes. No, I've never been with a hooker. But, <laughs> but that's what the but first I thing know I asked. Yeah. That question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing I ask. I said, what's the weirdest fucking thing anybody asked you for? Right. Yeah. Plus, it gives you plenty of leeway now. Right. Anything goes after the board tells you. So this one broad told me no bullshit. She worked at a whorehouse in Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, she told me this guy used to come in every fucking week. Yeah. With a crate of oranges. He put that in, I swear to God. He put, you can't make this shit up. You know it's true. You can stop now and I love it. <laughs> he put down a crate of oranges. He'd pay you 300 bucks, right? And he'd go up against the wall and she'd throw Come oranges on. at him while he was jerking Come off. Come on. No, listen to this. And she said, but all the other girls 
All the other girls would come in and go, I'll hit this motherfucker. What is it? Dunk it up. Dunk the clown? My question is, how the fuck does he find this out? Like, how does he realize that this is what dirt's uh, alive? Oh my God. Right, right. Then he'd go to fucking pineapples and realize it had to be oranges. He was working a state fair in a booth one time. He's like, you know what? You know what would feel better than this is a big fucking crate of oranges. How do you figure this out? She's texting her girlfriend, Cindy, we're doing it again. <laughs> Warm your arm up. The oh Tropicana my. guy's here. <laughs> Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I know that it's out there, but I'd step in on that. I'd yeah, go, give me a couple of fucking toes on this motherfucker. I'll hit him right in the goddamn well, chest. Uh, when I was a fireman, the checks used to come in. I was working in the village one day. They, the battalion chief would drop off the checks once a week. Now, payday, we'd have a couple of beers in the basement. We got 10 or 11 beers. Where can we cash the checks? The only place open in the village was a place called Alex in Wonderlands, right? It's a gay club in a village, right? Well, we're going to the six fire, but we're all drunk. Buy a round of drinks. You got to buy a round of drinks. You're getting your checks cashed. This guy goes to the bathroom. He goes back and says, hey, there's a guy lying in the urinal. <laughs> he says, and you just piss on him. I'm like, where is this motherfucker? I'll piss on him. I don't, I'll go I don't give a fuck. Uh, where is he? I go, six fire, and hosing the guy down. I'll piss on that motherfucker. I give a fuck. That's my I, uh, job. That's what I do for I a living. I made some good money that week uh, in the village. <laughs> um, we were in, uh, I was in, uh, South Carolina with my buddy I was performing in Myrtle Beach and I was like dude let's make a prank phone call He's, I said you know what would be a funny thing I go let's call an escort and, and, and come up with something weird so my friend's listening to me and I call up and I, I just changed my voice and I was like hey man yeah I was like I'm having a rough week can you get a can you get a girl over here I was like the thing is I have a little weird I have a weird request and uh, I'm kind of thinking this on the fly and she, he goes well what what's, what's your re request and I was like I'm really into baseball so I was like, uh, number and, and 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 pumps. I was like, she has to be in red or pink pumps. And he's like, we can make that happen. We have a lot of shoes here. I was like, good. I was like, I'm really into baseball, so I need her to sing, sing the national anthem <laughs> in the living room. Okay, full fledged. Does she, does she know the words and everything? He goes, hold on. This motherfucker <laughs> went back and started asking, and it was probably like a lifelong oh, dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah, a, yeah, it was like a life. Yeah. It was like a lifelong dream to do it at a game. So this is their one chance. Yeah. So he comes back and he's like, all right, we could we could do that. And I was like, and everything has to be in like baseball's terms, like everything. And we fuck and, and we started to get it going. My friend's crying, and then I fucked the call up because we were just laughing so hard. But when he said, "Hold on," and he said, "We can make that work," he actually took a minute and probably was a girl's girl. I got a weird one, and just one girl was like, "Fuck it, I'll do I it. it. I'll do it." It's South Carolina, true story, second chapter of my book. I swear to God, I call a hooker. Never been in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, in my life. The chick shows up, and I know her. Yeah. I fucking know it, right? She walks in the door. I said, my name's Fred. Yeah, holiday in, 202. She comes in, she goes, Billy O'Connor. I said, Shane, what the fuck are you doing here? So I'm selling my ass. What are you doing here? I guess I'm buying it, right? <laughs> so I go back to New York. This is true as God. I go back to the fucking New York, and I tell Blinky, my bookmaker partner, I said, Blinky, what the fuck? I'm in South Carolina, Charles. I've never been here before in my life. I call a fucking hooker, and I know. I said, what's the fucking odds? He says, with you? Even money. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yo, this shit! I have not cried like this on a show. Uh, this is great, man. It's the Verzi Effect podcast, guys. Episode three twenty nine. Having such a great time here. Court McCown, Ryan Sickler, <laughs> Billy O'Connor. Um, I've been crying on my show. <laughs> I haven't cried like this. Um, you guys got plugs, man? What do you guys got coming up? You guys got to check these guys out. Go to their shows. 
um, and follow them. They're all great dudes, great people first, and that's why they're on the show, but they're also so fucking funny. You guys are talking to some of the funniest. Everybody here at this festival is talking about some of the funniest people in the world, so follow them. What do, what do you got, Court? Just Court McCown. Go to CourtMcCown.com. How do you spell all the last name? M-C-C-O-W-N. Court McCown. Check Court out, Ryan. What do you got? Uh, RyanSickler.com on all social media, Ryan Sickler, and uh, check out my podcast, The Crab Feast, which you're going to be doing tonight. Yes, actually. I'll be on The Crab Feast tonight. Oh, yeah, and, uh, and I got insensitivity training with your buddy, Joe Barton. Yes, and I just did insensitivity training Way with those go, guys court. yesterday. And uh, Billy, what do you got? Billy, Billy O'Connor, go to uh, BronxBilly.com and uh, my, check out my new book, The Mick. It's going to be out in November, Confessions of a Bronx Bookie. I've got a couple sold-out comedy shows in New York. To push the books, I think the fire department's going to be there. Give me sirens and all the bullshit. The That's great. Cats and whistles. So That's nice. we'll see what happens. Guys, come out tonight to uh, stand up live. I'll be there on the late show. Also uh, tomorrow night, I will be with the very funny Joe Bartnick. I will be doing uh, Laugh It Up in Poughkeepsie. I also got uh, Cabot coming up. I got a bunch of new dates that just hit the website, so you could check that out. PaulVerzi.com. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. Uh, you guys are the best until episode 330. We are out of here. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mark. What a privilege, man. Sit down with you guys. It's a privilege.